Welcome to the Philocrosophy Podcast, where host and lacrosse expert Jamie Monroe will do what he does best, talk about lacrosse. Each episode will provide listeners with education, insights, stories, and lessons about the lacrosse world. We will discuss current events, coaching, philosophies, and college lacrosse recruiting. Now let's get started with your host, Jamie Monroe. The Philocrosophy Podcast is brought to you by Oxia Time, a cool watch company focused on university-branded watches. John Canaris is the founder of Oxia Time, and he was the goalie at Penn in the late 80s who led his team to the Final Four. John is actually best known for being the goalie that Gary Gate dunked on in the Air Gate. Oxia Time makes beautiful, Swiss-made, authentic watches whose design and quality match the essence of the universities they represent. I can attest to the quality of these watches. John hooked me up with a sweet Brown University Oxia watch, and I think it's the nicest thing I own. Initially licensed with eight Ivy League schools, Oxia keeps adding new schools each month. One of the coolest things Oxia offers is custom timepieces to commemorate championships or to celebrate storied teams. Check out the UVA Lacrosse Championship watch. It's sick. Princeton did a really nice one last year as well. Oxia even did an LSU football championship watch this year. For any teams interested in creating a custom watch this season, Oxia will upgrade it at no extra cost to a championship watch if your team wins a conference or national championship next year. For players, parents, and coaches interested in custom team watches, check them out at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A time.com. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Philacrosophy Podcast. Really excited to welcome back my friend Jake Elliott. He is the play-by-play voice of Vancouver Warriors. He's the host of Lacrosse Classified, the best box lacrosse podcast out there, and also has coached has coached in junior A and senior A, has played in junior A and senior A, does more, more uh, play-by-play and analysis of anybody in the sport. Uh, Jake, fired up to have you back on the show. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Always uh, fun to talk lacrosse, especially box lacrosse with you, Jamie Monroe. And uh, it's been a while, man. So I'm I'm happy to be back, and uh, I'm happy the NLL is is finally back after what seemed like a decade, but it's only been two years. But that's a long time. So, yeah, man, good to be back and and talking lacrosse, watching lacrosse, and a big weekend on deck. Yeah. So fired up, as I said, uh, as you mentioned, um, so good that the. Uh, the creator's game is back in the mix, watching the level of play. Yeah, you said, uh, thank God. I said, no, no, Jamie, thank the creator. That's so, right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, I, you forget how much, how much, I forget how much I love it. It's, it's, it's literally makes me so happy to watch these guys play. And on this podcast, I was hoping to talk about the main storylines. Obviously, we're one weekend. There's a lot of amazing uh, games and highlights and, and performances. Um, but let's talk about the storylines for the 20. 20- 2021-22 uh, season, um, starting with um, the best teams. Who are the teams that you're excited about and what are you excited about about them? Well, of course, I'm excited about my Vancouver Warriors who got off to a 1-0 start, uh, Jamie, and, and doing it on the road down in San Diego uh, in per- impressive fashion there with an 8-7 victory. So I was excited about that. Where they finish up in, in the overall grand scheme of things is yet to be determined. It's a real new team there in Vancouver, so kind of tough to gauge on where they stack up, but, you know, coming into the year, I would put 
if I had to put four teams in in my conversation, I would probably have three out of the East and one out of the West. Saskatchewan, uh, who did not lose a whole lot. They did lose their starting goaltender in, in Evan Kirk to Rochester. So Adam Sheet, a bit of an unknown product, is now the starting goal there in Saskatchewan. But the team that they have in front of them is is absolutely loaded. Although they did lose the opening game of, of their season on the road in, in crazy week one. I think three overtime games, four one-goal games, so lots of parity there. But uh, Saskatchewan be one team. I just think they... You know they have that championship mentality every year, and they're loaded for another for another run. Halifax, who beat Saskatchewan, I think was on, is on a trajectory where they're going places. And and Warren Hill in goal there has just continued to develop. They got, of course, Cody Jamison leading that that team and pulling on the rope, and they've they've added some nice pieces there and Steph LeBlanc as well. Uh, so. That whole group, Reese Dutch, uh, you know, who wasn't even supposed to play in week one, got picked up in in training camp kind of halfway through by Halifax. It was just a free agent dangling out there. Remember, this is the guy that scored the game-winning goal the last time the NLL had a championship for the Calgary Roughnecks and was just kind of dangling. Then Halifax picked him up. They got so many righties that he wasn't even going to play, and then all of a sudden Jameson went down and warm up with an injury, so they threw Dutch in. He got a hat trick in that game, and, and Halifax goes on to win 16-15. So they'd be another team. Toronto Rock, who might have the best defense in the entire league. I think he probably watched that uh, Toronto-Albany game, low-scoring affair there. Yep. And Challen Rogers, of course, uh, who I think might be the best player on the planet right now. Offense, wow. defense, uh, transition. Like, here's a guy that, that won transition player of the year. He's going to be in the MVP conversation. And he plays point on the rock power play. Like, you just don't see guys do that. So, uh, Toronto Rock will be there as well. And then the Buffalo Bandits, man. I... I, there's only one little white lacrosse ball to go around on that offense, but you look at that thing and like Cluche, Fields, Byrne, Fraser, Smith, Tahoga, Fields. Like, I, I don't know where it is for those guys. Like, I don't know how you utilize all the weapons that they have at their disposal on offense. So, Buffalo, Halifax. Saskatchewan, Toronto would be my top four teams, I think, kind of early in the campaign here is, is who I see rising to the top near the end of the year. And who do you see as the um, as uh, MVP candidates for this year? Oh, man. Uh, Cyborg, got to put him in, in the conversation. And, and Graham Hosick, who I just watched a little thing done by my buddy Tyson Geick called Thunderbirds 360. And it's kind of like a behind-the-scenes kind of look at you know, the locker room and pregame preparations and what guys are doing away from the game. Really good stuff there by Tyson Geick who put that together. So check that out, Halifax 360. And Hosick, I think, has the – he's got the chance to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year this year. Like, I think Defensive Player of the Year is almost a given at this point. Like, I know Kyle Rubish is, has won that award a lot, but – Graham Hosick is on another level, and I think it's such another level that it's been a long time since we've seen a defensive player win an MVP, but I think he's the guy. I think when, he can do it. Sorry? When is the last time that happened? 
Well, I want to say, oh man, Jeff Shatler won it, and I want to say 07 in a transition role, but I can't even remember, or if it's even ever happened. Probably happened. Usually, usually defenders don't win that. No. By the way, for the listeners out there, he's that good, though. He's that good. Well, he was also defenseman of the year in the PLL. Yeah, like that. I coached him. I coached him with the Atlanta Blaze, and I was just like. It was the first time I'd ever seen the guy, and it, it was mind blowing. Well, listen, they, there's a clip of him in the locker room and in this video of Thunderbirds 360, and he's sitting beside Jake Withers. And Jake Withers is pretty put together himself. Like, there's not a lot of extra meat on Jake Withers. And then they kind of pan across, and, and Hossick is sitting with his shirt off, too. And you just go, oh my it's the stuff nightmares are made of man the guy is an absolute animal like he it's went scary to, he went to lindenwood university division two school in st louis missouri that's why no one's heard of him i i told i work with a lot of kids and i was like ever heard of this guy grandma it's like you'll probably be defenseman of the year they're like no never heard of him listen his brother's not that far behind him either they're down in, in panther city now and yeah. these guys i think like we're just kind of raised up simple boys on a, on a small kind of utility farm sort of thing and yeah. just you know just good people and that work hard and maybe it took a little longer but yeah graham hosick would definitely be one uh, I think Mitch Jones in Vancouver is is going to have a monster year. Got off to a five goal game in his opener and and was on pace and in that conversation when the league shut down last time. Um, yeah, Mark Matthews is always going to be in that conversation. Lyle Thompson as well. Those guys are just too good and and will always uh, be near the top. I think I think Josh Byrne. Yeah, he's electric man. Get out of New West here fun kid to watch you know it seems so long ago that i was watching and calling josh Byrne junior a lacrosse games when he was a belly and then you know spent like i think one maybe two years in, in senior a and burnaby and then it was off to off to buffalo and just made a life for himself and never came home and i don't think he's ever going to the kid's a superstar back there yes and and really one of the faces of the of both leagues at this point no question i mean he was yeah. a huge, you know best offensive player on the the championship chaos team. Um, yeah, and you could see team, it. Way, you but, could see yeah. it at an early age that that he was special too. Like you, yeah. you know, he dominated his age group. How about? I mean, I know I, I was going to have a, a conversation about the best rookies, which I want to have, but Jeff Tito probably put Jeff Tito probably put himself in the MVP conversation because you'll end up leading the league in scoring. Yeah, that's a strong possibility. Mind you, he's playing with Callum, right? So Callum's got to distribute, and and I think he will. But Jeff will be there in the end. And I think, you know, Dehoga, um, listen, don't sleep on Adam Charlambides either. I've been watching this kid pretty close for the last couple of months through training camp and stuff. Like, and I don't know if I've ever seen a player kind of like Charlambides. Like, I, I know we watched him in the Minto Cup back in what, 2016. Yeah. And then there was like, and then I didn't see him again for like six years. I know, crazy. And the kid is a man now, like his neck is the size of my thigh and he can create his own shot anytime he wants. He's got vision. He's got a great outside shot. He loves to finish inside. And I think maybe the thing that, that impresses me the most that I had no idea he had the ability to do is, you know, how like Shawnee Evans and Adam Jones can forecheck and, and strip like when the, 
he is in that conversation. Like he is that good at getting the ball back when he loses it. So really well-rounded player got the game winning goal in, the, in their opener. So yeah, those three guys, I'd say Dahoga, Charlotte Beatties and Jeffrey Teep would be the three rookies to, to keep an eye on here. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Charlotte Beatties in 2016 in the Minto cup uh, was the best player other than, other than the goalie for uh, Coquitlam. Well, yeah, it's funny, you know, Dan, when Dan Richardson, the GM of the Warriors, was was drafting Charlotte Beatties, he was saying, like, he's like, I, wa- I went back and I watched that 2016 Mento Cup, and the only two names I kept hearing were Reed Bowering and Adam Charlotte Beatties. Reed Bowering and Adam Charlotte, and he drafted both. <laughs> and now they're going to be doing his best players. And you can notice them on the floor as well. Like, they were all over the place and, and just prominent players that are going to be on that franchise for a long, long time. Yeah, so good to see Reed Bowering too for uh oh, is out weapon. there. He was an attackman at Drexel. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Okay. Like I think he's the next Jalen Rogers. Yeah. Just a lefty. He's a lefty, and you know, he was able to score probably 150 points in his career in Division One Lacrosse. And he was, you know, the top defensive draft pick in the league. He's played defense his whole career, even though every he's year. Every year, yeah. Every year. Loose ball machine, too, right? Oh. What about, um, let, let's talk a little bit about goalies. Um, who do you think, um, where are we at with that? Is, is it, how deep is it these days? Yeah. You know, I, I, I always kind of concern myself with that, with expansion, like that's going to be the biggest issue that this league will have when, when they want to get to those, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 teams, is there going to be enough quality goalie depth to fill out rosters for all those teams, I think we're in really good shape right now. Like the usual suspects are going to be there. Del Bianco, Dylan Ward, you know, Matt Vince is, is still going to be a solid goaltender. I keep going back to Vancouver, but I was so impressed with Alexis Bouquet. Like I, I didn't think it was going to transform. Like he had a really hard time with, with switching from the wooden goal stick to the plastic stick and a little bit of bigger, but I think he's finally figured it out and, and to hold Dane Doby and the seals to seven goals in his opener was pretty eye opening. So um, I know it's just one game, but that was really impressive to me, but yeah, Del Bianco, Dylan Ward, Matt Vance, Nick Rose, those guys are, are going to be Evan Kirk now in Rochester it's going to be the usual suspects once again. Bill. Yeah. I, and like there's, there's other guys that are still on the come up. Like I think of the Orleman brothers, Warren Hill is right outside that, that top tier. Uh, so there's guys pushing to get to the next level. There's young guys on the come up as well, like Ryland Hartley and, and some other young guys sprinkled around the league. So I think we're Okay but we got to continue and we, we need what we really need. Jamie is to start to produce good American box lacrosse goalies. That's where the next crop I think really needs to come from because we've been mining Canadian goalies for a long, long time. And eventually that, that mine is going to run dry, not completely dry, but you know what I'm saying? Like not enough to continually produce starting goalie after starting goalie after starting goalie. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I, I think if this league wants to go to where it wants to go to, that's the next thing that needs to happen is American box lacrosse goalies need to kind of start coming out of the woodwork here. Yeah, I agree. Um, how about, let's talk, let's, I know we talked about Graham Hasek as the um, you know, potential MVP candidate and defensive MVP candidate, but who are some of the other best defensemen in the league? And how many Americans are, uh, are, are uh, putting themselves in the conversation um, for 
uh, defensive players? Yeah, I mean, the the two American defensive players that I think come to my mind the fastest are actually two face-off guys that have worked themselves into a regular defensive role in, in Joe Nardella and Trevor Baptiste. Like, these two guys dominate the small circle, but they've got themselves to a point now where the, their coaching staffs are more than comfortable putting them out in any game situation. And that's a big feather in their cap because they're so dominant at face-offs. And then you worried a little bit, can they check? And I think both of those guys have proved not only can they check, but they can be really effective checkers. So, um, you know, Brett Manny is always going to be a guy that's going to be in that conversation as well, as far as American defenders go, but Nardella and Baptiste kind of come to my mind. And, and we mentioned Hossick. I think another face-off guy that's so underrated when it comes to checking is Jake Withers. Yeah. Again, like so good at face-offs that I think that sometimes overshadows his defensive prowess, but he is a really good defender as well. Rubish, Matt Beard, like just go up and down the Saskatchewan Rush roster. Yeah. <laughs> Dilks, Matt Beers, Jeff Cornwall, Chris Corbeil, Kyle Rubish, Mike Messenger, even Holden Garland starting to come on and push himself in that conversation. But to get away from the rush a little bit, um, you know, you're talking Challenge Rogers, you're talking Robert Hope in, in Colorado, you're talking Steve Priolo in Buffalo. You can pretty much go up and down every team and, and just kind of pick off their top guy, but uh, lots and lots of good defenders around the National Lacrosse League. Let's talk a little bit about forwards. I know we talked about MVP stuff, but let's talk about some of the um, let's 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 um, zero in on some of the older goal scorers that may be past their prime, but they're still great. Um, who are some of those guys? Um, you know, well, you, Dan yeah. Dawson probably comes to the top of my mind when you think of of goal scores, maybe past their prime, but still effective. And he had, I think, the game tying goal, the game winning goal there yeah. in Toronto. Had one taken back that I thought should have counted as well. And he's closing, like third all time goal scorer in the history. Yeah, of he's, he's, he's closing in. Yeah, he'll he'll get it this year. Uh, he'll move into second, and you know the most productive right-handed box across player of all time and just unreal like just unreal so you know shawnee evans before you move on yeah for people that for people out there that haven't watched dan dawson play google him you, yeah you wish for all the field lacrosse fans out there they're listening to this you wish to have seen that guy play mll or pll lacrosse uh he is absolutely brilliant with his with his moves with his dodging, with his swim move, with his shooting. Innovator of the swim move. He invented it, Jamie. Like, I, I attribute the swim move to Dan Dawson. In box lacrosse, anyways. Yeah, well, I'd seen it earlier, but I've, I'd never really seen it done the way he did it, which is yeah. more of like an ole step-back swim move where you – he, yeah, he uses his offhand and kind of hooks yeah. him. And, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's impressive. It's amazing. Google him. He's, he's an absolute freak, and he's an – He's a firefighter in the Toronto area, an awesome guy, just like really one of the best guys ever. Uh, who's next? Well, and to add that, his brother also is in the league. So Dan's, I think, in his 20th, 19th year in the National Cross League. His brother is the captain of the Rochester Nighthawks. He is a defender and a you know, real tough dude that used to fight a lot in the league as well. Actually got drafted in the first round as a goaltender and then converted himself into – a defender that's been in this league 16, 17 years now and Paul Dawson. So pretty impressive stuff there for him. But uh, I would say, you know, some other kind of guys, older 
Sean Evans, of course, Reese Dutch, another guy, Jeff Shatler. Doby. Yeah, Doby, you know, like coming off a, an MVP season, but the, the break and then new team and then Austin Stott's going down. So he's going to, tr- you know, kind of try to figure out who who and how to play with his new teammates there in San Diego a little bit. But Doby will be Doby things. Like I, I watched him kind of play in the XLL all winter long and he's still got it. <laughs> he's still got it. So those guys, uh, Shatler, Dutch, uh, Evie, all those kind of guys that are, you know, had the two years off. And I, and I talked a little bit about them and I said, you know, like these guys that are near the end of their career, I said, you know, like, is, is this break going to hurt you or could this potentially help you getting your body right for a final kind of push of your career? And, and to a man, all of them said, like, I feel better than I've ever felt in my entire life. And as you know, Jamie, like, I don't think we can equate age to kind of careers like we used to now, like guys can play so much later into their careers and their lives because of nutrition and training and what we know about how to maintain and and keep your body tuned up properly. Guys are going to go way deeper into their careers than you've ever seen before. Yeah, no doubt. And again, for the, not uh, me and you, but these guys (laughs) can do it. These guys can do it. I got a game tonight. Okay. Good luck stretch um, out <laughs> um yeah so uh, again people um i i beg you to google sean evans and just start watching this guy the things he does sean evans is absolutely insane dane doby that stuff that these guys do will kind of blow your mind they're yeah. still their deception the angles their creativity their productive their production their accuracy Oh my gosh. The way Keep in mind, those are like two of the smallest players in the league as well, Adobe and, and Evans, who are two of the most prolific players our league has ever seen. Phenomenal. Yep. Let's talk about American forwards a little bit. Who are the best American forwards? How many American forwards are there that play a regular shift? Oh, uh, you know, that's that's a good question. I'd have to kind of skim through all my rosters here, Jim. You're putting me on the spot a little bit. But, uh, you know, Tom Rambo, Schreiber, obviously, scored a game winner just recently. So. Yeah, Rambo, Rambo, Schreiber, Reardon. Um, I'd, like I said, I'd have to Justin kind of Yeah, Joey Raz. I always think of him as a Canadian uh, for, for whatever reason. but Because he basically grew up playing box across in St. Catharines. But because he's from – Karen McArdle, who I think is a guy that – that has really worked hard on his box game. Like he's always been a real solid field player and, and pretty solid in box, but I think he has really dedicated himself to getting better at box lacrosse. And it's really evident and a guy that doesn't uh, shy away from the ref stuff either. So, you know, I put Karen McArdle in that mix as well. Connor Fields. Mm-hmm. There's a good one. Yeah. He's good. <laughs> yeah, There's, you know, there's probably a couple on every team. Like I know Christian Mazone, who's from Washington State, and and he was Vancouver's last cut here, very close to making it. It's just so difficult for an offensive guy to just break into this league and be an impact player. They need development, they need reps, they need experience, and it's so hard to get that at the highest level. And 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 some guys can do it because they're so. They're so good at the game. They're such great athletes. And some guys will pick it up really quick. And other guys, it just takes a little bit longer to figure out the nuances and the two-man games and the communication, the spacing, the timing, all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, there's one or two on, on every team. But I think that's 
it's easier for an American defender to come in than it is for an American forward to break in. No doubt. No doubt. There's a, so, so we named about five or six guys um, of which all of them, except Rambo and Shriver played box, you know, in at least junior ed. Yeah. Oh, we have Mac, Mac O'Keefe. O'Keefe. Yeah. yeah. We're, yeah. One. But you know, they all played junior A, So they got, they got that feel for it. That, that, you know, there's just a different paradigm in box across and field across field across is more get out of my way and dodge and go to the rack which they can always do in box, but it's not great for the offense. If you don't move the ball and swing it and understand how to, how to play two man game on and off ball. And, and, and those are some of the things that are a little bit different. Although I'll say this though, Jake, I think for a lot of the best guys coming out of division one lacrosse, um, if they were given a chance, they would, they would pick it up quickly. For sure. <laughs> out in my mind. Yeah. You know, like if you, if you know, whether it's Ryan Boyle or Casey Fowler, these guys became elite players in the game because it, it, the games are very similar. It's just a little bit of a paradigm shift. Yeah, you're still running, catching, shooting, scoring. So a lot, lots of lots of crossover, no doubt. Blaze Reardon, though, might be one of my favorite players in the world. The fact that he is the best goalie and the best field player. A lot of people would, would say he's the best player in the world in field lacrosse as the goalie yeah, yeah. champion, three-time goalie of the year, and a starting forward in the – in the NLL for the Philadelphia Wings and, you know, has put up five goal games before. Pretty wild. Yeah. And wild. him and Rambo work so well together. That That's the crazy part about it. It's like Reardon did have box across experience. He spent some time playing some Canadian summer ball. But the fact that those two kind of figured out how to play with each other so effectively so quickly is is really surprising. Two American guys that that run legit pick and rolls and, and know how to do it. Yeah. Really, really exciting. Um, so what about the new franchises and expansion? Talk to us a little about this, about the impact of it and where you see the game going, where, where, where you, if you've heard of sort of plans for more, uh, where are we at with that? Yeah, well, of course, uh, New England moving to Albany, you would know all about that. Uh, I know Jamie and, and I'm excited to see Albany's home opener and, and how the city and, and the region takes to the yeah. Firewolves. Um, and then, of course, the Toronto Rock moving just down the way a little bit from the GTA to Hamilton. And I had a chance to watch their home opener on TV the, the opening night and looked like great atmosphere and, and lot, lots of Rock fans made the trip. And then I think they got a bunch of new fans from, from the Hammer as well. And, and I think that's the perfect city for kind of a lacrosse franchise, that blue-collar kind of middle demographic i think it's going to go really well in hamilton and then you got the new teams of course in, in the riptide and philly and rochester and san diego that are still kind of on the rise up here a little bit and we got vegas jamie we got vegas coming in next year uh we didn't even talk about panther city who who play their home opener uh tomorrow night as we're recording on a thursday here so they play vancouver tomorrow night uh dickie's arena down there in, in panther city which i'm looking forward to and then vegas of course with uh 99 and stevie nash and dj and yeah go side like that i don't know you're gonna you don't even have to recruit i just think like every free agent in the league is going to be right up the phone vegas can I come play there? Can I like, it's not going to be a hard sell to get guys to want to sign up to go play for that franchise. My Lord. Can I go hang out with the great one? I hope so, man. Like yeah. you know, a little stick toss, a uh, little backyard action. Yeah. Something. Yeah. God, man. 
Um, yeah, exciting. The, the expansion of the growth is really exciting. Are, are you feeling like there's enough depth um, and, and it, to keep the, the quality where we want it to be? And, and, and I would imagine this is going to open up opportunities for a lot of people, including Americans. Yeah, for sure there will be. And, and that's why I kind of talked about the box across goalies needing to come from the States. And and I think the depth is there, especially for one more team, which I think will get announced this year. And if I had to walk out on a limb, I, I really don't have any inside knowledge on it, but I would say Edmonton is probably going to be the spot um, just to kind of balance out the West and have a cross Canada kind of whole deal there. So keeping my fingers crossed for that brand new building there in Edmonton as well. So um, I'm hoping that's team number 16. And I think the depth is there for, for 16 teams for sure. I would personally like to say or see once we get to that eight and eight, let's chill for, for a two or three year or four year, yeah. even five year span. Let's get everybody on solid footing. Everything is yeah. balanced out. Let's get a regular playoff format going since switching every year and switching conferences and all the rest of it. So I'd like to get to 16 and then, and then just like go with it for a bit, because I think that's a really nice number for, for a league like ours to have. So yeah. Hoping that's the case. Yeah. Exciting. I want to, I want to zip back uh, to, um, to some other things like coaches. Talk to me about who uh, some of the top coaches in the league um, that you feel like, I mean, there's a lot of them. But who are some of the people that you feel like are especially hot or really interested to see? Well, Tracy Kaleski's getting his first crack at being a head coach down there in Panther City. And, and they posted up a video of him doing his pregame speech uh, for week one. And I tweeted out a GIF. I said, live look at me after listening to that. I was just a guy running through a brick wall. So <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, I think Tracy's obviously he's got a good handle on it there. He's he's got Dan Teed and, and Steve Toll flanking him on his bench and, and three guys that probably have more knowledge in their brains than a lot of other benches uh, have in, in the league. So that's a nice little coaching staff there. Um, Jeff McComb, who's who's taken over from Derek Keenan, who's really been his right hand man and protege for a long, long time. I, I think that'll be a pretty seamless transition there. The guy is an offensive genius as far as, you know, systems and variations and all that sort of stuff goes. There's a guy you should really try and have a conversation with. Jim. I I think, yeah, I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, and then, you, got, you know, you got you got guys like Paul Day, Jamie, who you know very well. And, and he does a great job with his wings, breaking down tape and, and getting his guys going. I mean, honestly, you, you could go around like Kurt Belowski. You talk to any player that has played for Kurt. He, he is an intense individual. Like we know this and, and goes a hundred miles an hour. And I don't know if he's got an off switch, but you ask any player around that has ever played for Kurt, they will tell you he is the most prepared coach that they've ever been around. Like he has every second down to a T and every scenario you could ever imagine happening in a box across game. He's ready for it. And I don't know if every coach can say that about themselves. Kurt can like he, 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 him and Derek Keenan, I think are, are just the best. And now Derek's not coaching anymore. So I like, I got to put Kurt Malowski at the top of the list as far as the, the best coach, um, you know, got himself a championship there as well. And, and then, Hey, like uh, John Tavares in Buffalo, he's pretty good. <laughs> so it doesn't like, you know, you look around, man, and, and there's Hall of Famers all over the place uh, coaching in this league. You know, what we didn't talk about was transition players. 
Mm. Who, are your, who do you think are uh, going to be the transition players of the year candidates? Who are some of the best guys that you can think of? Well, Challen Rogers comes to, to my mind right off the top. Uh, Mike Messenger is another guy that just dominates the lacrosse floor wherever wherever he is out there on it. Like he he's a scary, scary man. Um, Courier. Courier, yeah, obviously. Like Zach is is spectacular. Like I, I think Zach is one of those guys that like if you just leave him out there for 60 minutes. He might not have a ton of energy for every single shift, but like he could do it. Like I think like him and Lyle, like they could play a full game without coming off the floor. I know that sounds nuts, but I think they could do it. So those would be my probably my top three challenge, messenger, and courier. So really for people that, that don't really know Challen Rogers, um Stony Brook, right? Stony Brook, right-handed, uh played for Coquitlam. Play for the Adonacs. Did, did he win a Minto Cup? He might have won one early. Went to, went to five, never won. Never won one. Yeah. Played for the Toronto Rock. Um, is play, He played for the, I think, the, the Boston Cannons in the MLL, and he yeah. is property of the PLL Chaos for everyone that <laughs> is a Chaos fan. Um, and, you, you know, and Coach Towers is a good buddy of mine, and I know he's, like, excited to someday get Challen Rogers. They had he some be. immigration yeah. issues this year. Yeah, he should be. Like I said, the guy runs like the wind. I like he squats like six hundred pounds. He's a freak. Uh, yeah, he can. I mean, he's like he's got a rocket for a shot. He can shut down your best offensive player. Fit like loose ball machine kills penalties. And like I said, he's a defender that plays on the point of their power play. So yeah. it's just a rare breed, man. And and just cool as you could ever imagine too like john rogers like i don't i don't know if his heart rate or his blood pressure ever goes over the norm like he just seems to he's a flatliner man like he nothing rattles that kid and he's so skilled you know it's funny because there's a lot of a lot of uh fans listening to this are listeners are are field across oriented and then when they think of a defender they, they don't think of somebody that is your most skilled player you know arguably your yeah. best shooter your best goal scorer um, but in box, a lot of times they just take the best athlete and just put them on defense. And then well, that's what you guys do in field lacrosse, right? You put your best athletes on pole, we put them at attack, and it kind of flips in box lacrosse. Yeah, exactly. Phenomenal. Um, everybody knows Zach Courier because he gets to play in the PLL. So hopefully next year, Challenge will get a chance to play in the PLL. That'll be pretty He's cool. also the the president of the Players Association as well, the 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 union for for the players in the NLL. So pretty smart guy, Princeton, if I'm not mistaken, Jamin Monroe, uh, Ivy right. Leaguer, and uh, real smart guy. Well, and by the way, Zach Courier, a lot of people felt like he should have been um, a Toraton winner. Yeah, he should have been. He been. literally had, I don't know, let's just say he was a midfielder who had, I don't know, 100 and something loose balls. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was an absolute And he had like 30 goals and 30 assists or something. I yeah, mean, it was, it was like numbers he put up me. were insane. Yeah, absolute joke. He wasn't nominated that year. Brother's a good baller too. He's more of a pure offensive guy, righty. A little Off smaller. Yeah. Josh, but uh, he's in Saskatchewan now. Ben McIntosh being traded for him to, to Philadelphia. He's a perfect guy for that system too, because they just move the ball so much. That he's an off the ball guy who's just his money finisher and, and yeah, he's gonna score 10, 15 goals just standing on the crease catching darts from from the mailman. <laughs> Mark Matthews. Yeah. Um, okay, so um let's talk about breakout players. Who do you think 
is going to have a breakout season. Um, somebody that we don't really know. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of think, you know, um, well, I'll let you, I'll let you answer, but I got a couple of thoughts on this too. Go ahead. Like Shane Jackson was already MVP, but I kind of feel yeah. like he knows who he is in the U S I know. I know. Well, I got a hat. He got another hat trick in this first game. I'll throw a name out uh, to you that that's close to home here in, in Vancouver and Kyle Killen. You know anything about Kyle Killen? Where I know the name. He, do you, He's an Eastern guy. I don't even know actually where exactly he's from. He's, he, joined, he started his career in Colorado. Yes, that's and, why. I live out and here. Yeah, and and Chris Gill was actually the offensive coach when Killen was there, and he kind of burst onto the scene scoring these highlight reels over the shoulder, and he was seemingly doing it one game and then kind of fell off a little bit. But he came into Vancouver's camp and might have been their best righty throughout the entire camp. Mind you, went scoreless in his his opener, but I think Kyle Killen has the opportunity to, to be a real bust out player. And me, I, what's up, Ryan Lee? Yeah, Ryan Lee is going to score forty goals this year for sure. Zed Williams. I mean, I don't know if he's a underrated breakout player anymore after winning PLL championships and stuff, but he's he's going to be a prominent player in the national lacrosse league as well and i just had another guy on the tip of my my tongue and i lost it now i got one andrew q andrew q yeah well i mean it's hard because this guy's like what like a top three pick so you know it's like he's kind of supposed to be that guy Marshall palace i think um you know when when jeff shatler hangs it up and marshall palace starts getting more Reps there in Saskatchewan, he's going to be a guy. I think Mac O'Keefe has the potential. Trey LeClaire, mm. uh, these young rookies stepping in can, you know, sky's the limit for them as well. A guy on the the back end in a transition role that I think can be a real breakout player is Steph Charbonneau for Philadelphia. Um, spent a little time there in Coquitlam as well at the end of his junior career, but I think he's going to be a guy that people start talking about when they when they start talking about transition player of the year. Maybe not this year, but it's coming for that guy. Mm -hmm. We didn't we didn't really talk too much about Shane Jackson. I just want people to kind of realize he played for in the PLO for the Boston Cannons, and this guy is one of the most brilliant goal scorers you'll ever see. Actually, limestone right limestone uh, grad there, Shane Jackson. Shane Jackson, limestone grad, lefty, um, just absolutely brilliant goal scorer in in, in box and field. And this guy, Ryan Lee, he's just a Colorado guy, too. I mean, you know, he plays for Colorado. He, he was RIT, RIT for Ryan Lee. Yep. Man, he he has so smooth. much creativity in his game. Smooth. He's so smooth. Oh, my gosh. Phenomenal. So smart. Another one of those oh. little small – like, both those guys are real diminutive players, too. Both Lee and, and Shane Jackson, like, they can't weigh more than what? Like 160? Yeah. Yeah. Not too no, – yeah, not, not, not huge. I wish. Guy. I wish, man. Yeah, really um, so exciting to be back in it um, and uh, so fired up to have you on this podcast, Jake. We got to do it again. I just love talking box across and love listening to you. We can do it anytime. By the way, my, my girlfriend was very impressed with your clever name of your podcast, The Full Across. <laughs> she goes, what's it called? And I told her, she goes, that's really clever. So uh, kudos to you on that. Yeah, I literally had a dream last night. You know, you have frustration dreams. Oh, yeah. Well, my frustration dream was I couldn't pronounce my podcast and I kept screwing it up. <laughs> I get that with names. Certain names get uh, get me like that. Like I have to like run it over in my head before I say it out loud sometimes. But 
I hear what you're saying on that. Um, yeah. So yeah, don't uh, have, do, I, now. I got to ask you: Did you sign up for? Uh, are you making your NLL picks on on my podcast, uh, Lacrosse Classified? So let's talk. To, let's for all the listeners. If you want more information on uh, box across, listen to Jake's podcast, Lacrosse Classified. Um, it is the best box across podcast out there. He's got unbelievable guests. Um, they talk everything from great stories to X's and O's to um, a- any and every topic. And the thing is, Jake knows all these guys. So it's really more of a conversation between friends very often. So, um, but the answer is no, I need to do that. Um, okay. I've, I've got- it, but I need to get yeah. out. Well, it's fun, right? You can win weekly prizes. You can win yourself a grand prize. Uh, just sign up. You make your weekly picks. It's kind of a neat format this year, Jamie, that we're doing. It's a, like, it's a confidence pool. So if there's like six games, you put the number six beside the game that you're most confident in picking and then so on, you come down the list. So cuts out the, a lot of the tiebreakers, depending on what ranking you put in your confidence beside the pick. So uh, office pool junkie search who you got password is lax class. Uh, you can win weekly grand prizes as well, uh, which is, which is a lot of fun. We like doing that every week. And uh, like I said, yeah, guests and uh, what else do we do? We've got some quick sticks, which just kind of keeps you up to date on, on the world of lacrosse. And then we usually like to hand out a, a little thing called the stampede stallion. One of our sponsors is a, is a Western stamp or attack store. So kind of give out a, a weekly award to uh, a guy that just like grinds out the week and, and has a kind of a show up performance that might not get the headlines uh, all the time, but a guy that deserves a little recognition. So every Tuesday at noon Pacific is when that comes out across classified. All right, Jake, thanks so much, man. Always a pleasure. Um, and uh, have a great week and we'll do it again sometime, maybe mid season. Anytime. My pleasure, Jamie. Thanks for having me. All right, brother. Thanks Jumbo.